0: Hello and welcome to another Eurogamer newscast and this week we're talking about US Off-Forward and Assassin's Creed. Uh, With me as ever is our Eurogamer trustee reporting team, it's Ed Nightingale. Hello. Victoria Kennedy. Hello. Liv Donne. Hello. And I'm Tom Phillips. So uh, we're recording after Ubisoft Forward has broadcast. If you tuned in at the weekend, you'll have uh, a very good idea what was announced. If you missed it, um, there's been a lot of things going on recently. That's absolutely fair. Um, I traveled to Paris last week and had um, a pre-brief of the event before it happened. And I also got to speak to uh, Mark alexis Cote, who is the boss of Assassin's Creed now. Um, he's at Ubisoft Quebec and um, previously worked there on games such as Assassin's Creed Syndicate and Odyssey. Um, I also got some interview time with Yves Guillermo, head of Ubisoft, and um, it was a very interesting event. Even just an in-person press event, these events don't happen very often these days. Um, and I think it came at a very interesting time for Ubisoft after two years of headlines coming out of that company that were nothing to do with these games, obvious delays and things affecting the company, which have affected all companies in the video games industry. And kind of an interesting point to talk about the future, at a period where, you know, Ubisoft had a quiet year because of those sort of delays and things. And um, they laid out quite a roadmap, both for Assassin's Creed, Uh, a really unprecedented roadmap for Assassin's Creed uh, and some of its other games, which are going to come out through this year. Um, Maybe let's uh, go through the non-Assassin's things first, because there were a a few bits and pieces. Um, Victoria, you saw a bit of Just Dance. Um, There there were a few actual news headlines to come of that, apart from the fact that Shock Horror is a new Just Dance game this year.
1: I mean, yeah, Just Dance is Just Dance, and I had Justin Timberlake in my head for quite a while after that, and uh, I like to share that with everyone. So, everyone sing, I Got This Feeling Inside My Womb. I think that's no. the words. <laughs> anyway. No. <laughs> I'll leave it to you. But, headline wise, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's going to be online multiplayer for the first time, which is, I think it's been a, well, yeah, I, I think it's quite a long time coming. I think this is something that this game will work well as an online multiplayer platform, so. That is exciting, and Ubisoft did confirm to us that it will be a cross-platform. It will have cross-platform capabilities, which will be great. Uh, There's going to be a new app for it, so yeah, this is the kind of game I play a lot with my kids, and I I love it. I'm always exhausted by the end of one round of Katy Perry, but it's good fun. So we saw
0: um, we saw a few other things. Um, We saw a lot of their free-to-play stuff. Uh, Ubisoft have all of these games that have been out for sort of five, six years now, and they're still supporting them, putting new bits and pieces in. So things for Rainbow Six and uh, Brawlhalla and things like that. Um, We saw a bit of uh, Mario Rabbids. We actually got some new news there too. Did anyone catch that?
1: I did, and when they showed the Raymond Davies uh, DLC, I thought it was a cheese string. I was like, what on <laughs> earth is this crossover? Because I just saw the head, and I was like, that's so. No, I
2: you know what you know I I was like, man? oh, it's
1: Raymond. But when they came, I was like, cheese strings? I don't get it. It,
3: it was just that bit, <laughs> like, <was> poking just... <laughs> out at the top. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> just like, that's such a bizarre collaboration.
2: Can't believe you do! Can't believe you do in my mind. I mean, now I like know this. that it's
1: Raymond. I can see that it's Raymond, but I had no context for that that pan across his head. <laughs> I was just maybe I was hungry at the time. I don't know.
3: Mood. I really enjoyed the um, the the gameplay, though. I thought, like, I I haven't played the first one, and it's one of those games that I've been meaning to go back to, and I just haven't had time. And with the sequel coming out, I really need to play it. But I think it looks brilliant. Like graphically, it looks stunning. Yeah. Um, and I think it's got some really interesting gameplay, so I'm I'm very intrigued to give that a go. That's probably the game out of all of these that I most want to play. If I'm honest,
1: I like the Wiggler Train.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, did they show the trailer with the Wiggler Train? I played,
1: I played the first one. Yeah. They played the Wiggler Train. Yeah. You played the first odd, one
0: because I saw. Sorry, you get it. Yeah.
2: No, I was just gonna say I played the first one, um, so I'm really excited for this because I really, really enjoyed it. So,
1: I always like how pretty. sort of sulky Rosalina Rabbit, Rabbit looks. She's she's such a mood.
2: Peach Rabbit Peach Rabbit is my favorite. She's <laughs> she's the best. <laughs> she's so relatable.
0: Is that because you relate to her?
2: Yes, yes. She she. She's so fabulous. She's always she's always got to make sure
3: Absolutely.
2: she's on point.
0: Yeah, very, she's always like, taking got selfies, in. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Was there anything else apart from Assassins that caught your eyes in the forward? There was a lot of this sort of service game stuff and I think um, one of the sort of criticisms I saw is that if you weren't into some of that, you would probably sat waiting for what Ubisoft had to say about Assassins later on in the show.
1: Yeah, I think it was a bit of a shame because they did obviously highlight it as a sort of Assassin's Creed showcase and then it, it, there was a lot of Assassin's stuff, but you did have to wait and wade your way through a few other, I don't know, I wasn't really interested in a lot of the stuff, I enjoyed the Rabbids and the Just Dance, but otherwise I was not interested. So it did take a long time to get to Assassin's Creed, even though yeah, it that I- was the headline
3: um between sort of the division as well and also assassin's creed i think there's quite a few mobile games coming so you can see that they're very much branching into that area um which sort of ties in with the the 10 cent stuff um from last week as well so that that's clearly a big priority for them as much as assassin's creed as a series is i think
0: for sure well assassin's creed was the meat of it and um it was there was a lot obviously there was an awful lot and i think you can sort of divide it into two bits right so there's mirage which is the baghdad said game out next year um and then there's everything that's coming after that and they really gave us what i thought was almost like when you're watching one of those marvel presentations and they say here's the next 10 years of marvel films we've got the avengers coming up and you know here's everything that's leading up to that and and they announced a lot um maybe let's talk about mirage first because i think it's a lot more self-explanatory and straightforward and uh, we know a lot more about it. It's out next year, as I said, Um, it's coming from um, Ubisoft Bordeaux that did um, well a a few expansions in the past, most recently the Valhalla uh, Island one, which is good. Um, And it tells the backstory of Basim, who is in Valhalla. And if you've finished Valhalla, you'll know that there's a lot more to that character than meets the eye. But we meet him in Baghdad several decades before the events of Valhalla take place, when he is a young street thief and he's swept up into the um, assassins, or back then they were called the hidden ones. And um, we see sort of his life as he starts to realize who he is um, the the trailer, uh, if it's the one that I saw, it was narrated or had voiceover from um, his mentor who, um, oh, I can't remember the actress's name, it will, it will come to me, Great but she's got voice. that incredible voice.
1: I love yeah. it. Mm. Um, I, I love and... it. I have questions for you about Basim, Tom.
0: Yeah, shoot, I was just going to say...
1: Prequel.
0: The one, well, so the one the, thing the that sort it... of teases... I was going to say, the one thing that teases there being a bit more to be scene comes at the very end of the teaser. And in the memory corridor bit, which is where you sort of go into the heads of the assassin as they have killed their target, you see a little mysterious figure pop up. And through interviews with the developers of Mirage last week, I was told that it was a djinn. Um, and... I, I find that very interesting because recently in Assassin's Creed, they have used the local mythological elements that someone of that time period would be familiar with to sort of almost like an Instagram filter for what is really going on. So you have, if you're playing the game, mythological aspects that are relevant to that time period. So in Odyssey, you do meet Medusa. And in Valhalla, Odin is walking around. And if you're playing the game and you just think, oh, it's cool, I'm in Greece, there's Medusa, there's that layer, but underneath it, there is an explanation for what those things are really sort of relating to. And I think that gin is the first inkling that we've got that there is more to the scene. Anyway, but um, Victoria, uh, what were your questions?
1: What are you, you've answered that because I was going to say what was that at the end, but you've obviously, because I, I wasn't really sure, I just saw this sort of spectre, whatever. Um, another question I was going to ask is obviously you've mentioned in your interview that the has like these secrets that are kind of shown in earlier games, but later games narratively. How do you as a fan hope to see that narrative play out given that the may not be aware of said secrets, but you as a player will be?
0: Well, I think that what Assassin's often does is it shows flawed people and Um, through a lot of Valhalla and I don't really want to spoil the end of it but I would say that like, there is more to Basim than meets the eye and through a lot of it um, he is quite a heroic figure and I think it will be very interesting to meet Basim in his younger days when I think that we will be seeing him um, sort of emerge to become a a hero Um, and then there is this sort of internal conflict within him between the person who he is and actually forces beyond his control when I spoke to the developers it was actually interesting to hear their thoughts on the title of the game Mirage because not only does it refer to the sort of geographical area um, where it, where the game is set in the Middle East but also the idea that there is stuff sort of going on and you sort of you can sort of see it but until you get closer to it you don't really realize what is actually going on behind it um, and I, I think They've got an interesting balance to strike between people who are playing um, Mirage with the full context of who Basim is and people who are just like, oh, cool, it's an Assassin's Creed game, smaller scale, just like AC1 back in the day. I want a 15-hour campaign to be able to run around a city, go over rooftops and stab people, and that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And Assassin's has always faced this, um, this sort of... has to appeal to people who just want the historical settings um, and people who want all of the extra context and you know, want to link up all the games and, uh, and and sort of understand the meta story, which is a really good segue, actually. Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> uh, to talk about <laughs> Infinity. <laughs> this was not planned, but it's, it's working well. Um, to talk about Infinity, which is just incredibly is really interesting as a fan because sort of the biggest news that i got from interviews which they didn't talk about there was sort of a segment on infinity and they named some of the parts that are going into it during the forward presentation but what i learned through interviews is that the modern day the meta stuff is being completely pulled out of assassin's creed games after mirage mirage is the end of the current era really it's sort of an epilogue with a bit more of Basim and then infinity everything afterwards is the start of a brand new saga i suppose but also just a, a new phase i keep saying things that remind me of Marvel, but um something very different where <laughs> the infinity launcher <laughs> the infinity launcher will exist as a thing that sort of wraps around all of these new projects but um and and holds the modern day and the meta stuff in it um, and these other projects can sort of stand alone and, and be very different I'm curious. um, After sort of after just watching the presentation, did you understand exactly what Infinity was, or did you guys still have questions?
1: Um, I still don't (laughs) really know what it is. I I like the fact that they're sort of separating because I've been playing Origins recently, and I've been really enjoying the historical aspect, but find the modern day stuff a little bit of a slog. So from that point of view, I think it sounds good, but I don't fully understand it from what infinity is
3: yeah i think end. tom your explanation definitely helps i like i'm i'm think like does infinity have gameplay or is it literally just an overarching platform where here are some cutscenes that explain the backstory and now you get to play the historical stuff or is there sort of a game element in infinity
0: yeah uh, I should say, I really, um, I think Mark Alexis Cote, the boss of Assassin's Creed is is the perfect person to lead it. He really, really understands this franchise, the issues that it is faced in drawing people in. Victoria, you mentioned sort of modern day, if you're just dipping into Valhalla say, and you've not played um, the previous two games, you're coming into act three of this character called Layla. Uh, she's got this story and actually, if you didn't play the um, really major expansion to Odyssey um, set in Atlantis, uh, you missed out, uh, an, an, I would say, probably the, the most important part of her story. And it was in an, in an expansion to an 150-hour game, which was designed for you to play after that 150-hour game was over. So Mark Alexis Cote understands that this stuff is impenetrable. He understands, I think, anyway, that um, the way that we all play games is changing. And Assassin's Creed has to adapt. And so that means a different way of releasing Assassin's Creed adventures in the future. And I think, well, he said it, but I'm really excited for this. Uh, More flexibility about what an Assassin's Creed game can be. So in the past, we've seen these huge monolithic 150-hour action adventure RPGs which are brilliant. And, you know, I've I've basically been playing an Assassin's Creed game non-stop for the last five years because I was playing through Origins and then the It's DLC and then Odyssey came out. And I don't even think I actually ended up finishing on my main save all of the expansion content in that game um, before Valhalla came out. And then I've been playing and Valhalla has been a live service ever since. You know, there's been so much new content being added free, a lot of it, and also paid. And that's great, except, you know, we, it is also limiting it because all this stuff sort of gets released and it's quite piecemeal. And if you're not on top of it, and a lot of it is, you know, confusing, there has to be a better way to get people playing this stuff. And their concept of it is this sort of central hub where um, big games can come out and you can buy them in a box in a shop if you so wish. Uh, and you can play them, but you will go. You always sort of load up the infinity area first, and within that, there'll be ways to access other bits and pieces that they release for free. And those things can be like small little uh, games. So quite recently, they did these really good crossover stories for Odyssey and for Valhalla, um, which, without going into the the meta story, like it it makes sense and it's great for fans. And a lot of people played and enjoyed them but more people could have played um what i one of the best bits i think of my talk from with mark alexis cote was him saying that actually this will allow for more diverse assassin's creed games because when you are sort of trying to pin everything around these monolithic 150-hour temples they've got a land which is why you know quite recently we've seen them go for really big um settings such as pyramids vikings um, which is great, but you know, what if you want something? You know, like uh, one of my favorite games, looking back in the past, was um, uh, I like I really love the end of the Ezio trilogy in Revelations. But like, how can you pin a hundred and fifty hour game around Constantinople? Uh, one of the things that they announced was Project Hexe, which is like this is going to be this creepy black forest game set in the Thirty Years' War possibly involving Transylvania, Vlad the Impaler. Maybe you could do that, but like, I'm, I'm really curious what they do with all of these settings. Without that, it must be a 150-hour game. We must be able to pin all of our um, revenue from Assassin's Creed for the next three years on this game that has to be a success, and if it's not, then we've, we've failed. I am really excited for, um, for them to be more experimental, and... Um, I, I you know, I asked again um this lingering question of Assassin's Creed having female protagonists and uh and I think that, you know, without that without the people from marketing saying, Oh, you must have a guy on the box, you know, it just allows them to be um more diverse in, in the characters and the stories they're telling. I've talked a lot. I'm I am Assassin's Creed nerd. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I, like I will just very so quickly cool. list <laughs> Uh, I, I've talked far too much this weekend already can hear my voice uh, boring everyone Assassin's Creed stuff um, I'll just quickly list the projects that are coming um, so we've got uh, the main one is Project Red which is going to be an uh, RPG um, it's set in Feudal Japan Then there's Hexe, which is uh, the Clint Hocking uh, game which is looking to be like a Black Forest um, Germany, Bavaria, Transylvania kind of get- game in the 16th century, we think, Um, they're doing a standalone multiplayer project which will tie in all this stuff as well. And when I spoke to Mark Alexis Coty, he also mentioned FreeBits. And uh, about 10 minutes ago, Ed, you asked about a playable modern day, and this is something that I prodded Mark Alexis on a lot because I'm really curious about whether this Infinity launcher is kind of a downgrade for modern day story for a lot of people. Um, people like having a small playable portion, and he said that in time there would be playable bits to it that would pop up in the launcher. Although it sounds like not at first.
1: You mentioned does Project all of that make sense? And... To
0: you? Yeah.
1: So with with Project Red, this is the one thing that I did take away from everything that was shown, and I find it very bizarre that so they've mentioned that the Mirage is going to be focused on like stealth, which is great. Um, But obviously, Basim comes from an RPG game. But then they've made Red, which has got ninjas, an RPG and not stealth. And do you not kind of feel that it should be the other way around? Given that ninjas are traditionally stealthy.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying. They haven't really talked (laughs) about stealth on on, on Red and how stealthy it would be. Uh, We don't really know much at all about it. But... um... I, I mean, I hope that I hope that it is very stealthy. I think that you don't need to take stealth out for it to be uh, an RPG. But I, I do see what you're saying. Yeah,
3: I do feel like they've very much split the fan base with recent games. Um, and I mean, I've really enjoyed. Well, for a time, I enjoyed Valhalla until it just became exhausting because um, there was just too much to it. But it was very much a Viking simulator and not a stealth game. I just ran around not even trying to be stealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people probably missed those origin days of the the early series. And I think Mirage is definitely filling that gap, um, which is nice. Um, But it does feel like They've split the series. And so, having Infinity as a way to sort of bring everyone together and be like, you can sort of choose your own adventure in a way of like, what kind of Assassin's Creed do you want to play? And we're going to provide a bit of everything, which is nice. And I think, as well, going back to something you said earlier, Tom, um, I think Mirage will be interesting as to how they introduce that to people. Because I think there are people who have skipped the RPGs, but will be interested in this new one, Mirage. Probably maybe thinking, oh, are they doing a remake of the first one? Um, and it's not. But that's going to bring them back into the series, um, but then if they don't have that connection to Basim, or have, haven't played Valhalla, like are they going to enjoy Mirage as much, or d- will that work as a standalone game, um, which I think is probably quite a difficult task for them. I hope
0: that it will work as a standalone game. I think that um, the it's quite easy, I think, to sell the idea of fifteen hour Assassin's Creed game where you do play a guy with a Assassin's Creed hidden blade and you can run around and and, and the story looks to be quite, as far as we're aware, quite straightforward. You know, there are good guys and bad guys, and you're liberating a city. And as a sort of palate cleanser from the 150 hour games of old, um, that that should be quite uh, attractive. That I like the fact that when I was speaking to the narrative director last week, um, I can't remember the na- her name off the top of my head, but she was like, this is a story with a beginning and an end. And I knew what she was saying there because Valhalla as a 150 hour game. You know, it has a beginning. You start off in Norway and then you go to Britain. But how many people actually reach the end of that game? I, I mean, I'm not sure. And apologies if you heard the fire alarm test going. <laughs>
1: You don't have to go, do you? <laughs> the one that I'm I most curious just... about is probably the one we know least about is the Hexay, though. I've got some kind of, I wouldn't say morbid curiosity because it's not morbid, but there's something about that vibe that, like, I remember seeing the Crucible at school and there's something quite unsettling, but also quite appealing about the way that was framed. I'm curious about that one.
3: That's Hexay. the one that I'm most interested in as yeah. well. I love that kind of gothic, horrory kind of vibe. that's kind of why I love like Resident Evil Village. Like it's just gothic horror and I can imagine them bringing in a lot of that witchy, like you say, if it's got Transylvania, I might be bringing some vampire stuff in there. I would love to see in a sort of horror Assassin's Creed game. And I think that interests me a lot more than the Japan setting that I know has been a long time coming for fans and seems obvious because stealth, Shinobi, like of, of course you're gonna have that, but it also feels very obvious and like it's been done in other games and it's just going to be compared to Ghost of Tsushima and I just I'm not fussed by that I think it has potential and it could be really cool but I just don't see it being the most original Assassin's Creed game and I like when they go to somewhere that hasn't maybe been done
1: mm-hmm. and
3: and bring a sort of new sense of history to that.
1: Hanging with more witches <laughs>
0: I don't, um, I don't think you're uh, like a, a main Assassin's Creed fan uh, what could what bearing in mind that with Infinity they really could do any setting doesn't have to be a, a big one like Japan or Vikings what would um, interest you perhaps if you could pick a, a time and a genre for Assassin's Creed where, where would you like to see the franchise go? I I don't
2: know well there's obviously the the mobile jade game isn't there that's china and i'm a bit disappointed i guess that that's been put away into a little mobile game i would have really liked to see that getting explored um in a in a proper mainline entry Uh, i don't know what i've i feel like i really like the idea of hexade because it's so far removed from what they normally do so i think i think i feel like if i if i could choose anything it would kind of have to be something that's a bit sort of like not normal for assassin's creed yeah yeah something unexpected yeah
3: there's the cynic in me with that china set mobile game that's very much like well 10 cents involved mobile gaming's massive in China, let's do something set in China, Mm. which is me being cynical, but I feel like that's very much a tick box exercise Mm. when actually that setting, like you say, does deserve to be like a a mainline game.
1: Yeah, when I read about like this one in China and you can do parkour on the wall, I was like, that's really cool, and it was mobile, and I was like, ugh. Yeah. So I was really like, peaked,
2: nope. It has potential, (laughs) I just don't think it's gonna get explored in a mobile game. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: I think China is a would be if... really
1: interesting to
0: do. With, with Jade, I wonder if we might see a console port of that in the future. And the fact that it could just slot into infinity would be an interesting way to release that port. Um, they did do with AC Liberation, which was a sort of spinoff for the PlayStation Vita, that eventually did get a home console release. Um, and I wonder if with Jade, maybe a couple of years down the line, if, um, that does eventually end up on console, I would love to play it on console I just don't sit down to play that kind of game on my phone. You know, if it's not out and I'm not playing Pokemon Go on it, then I'm not interested.
3: I think as well, look, thinking of like other mythologies that are out there that haven't been touched, I would love to see something um sort of aztec mayan kind of vibes because i think that's a sort of mythological area that gaming hasn't really touched a lot apart from like tomb raider i can't think of many games in that in that setting so i would love to see something like that and exploring those gods i think that could Mm -hmm. be cool the other thing i'd also love to see is um more hindu mythology um again like Recently, well, a couple of years ago, there was Raji, an ancient epic that is set in Hindu mythology. And I think that could be a really interesting area for Assassin's Creed as well, because there are always links to the mythology, as we've had in the last couple of games. And you talked about the djinn earlier. So I can, I'm can I kind of thinking more along mythological areas as opposed to, maybe. well, it links with geographical, but... So I'm thinking along mythological lines of like what hasn't been touched yet, and they're two areas that I think haven't been done in Assassin's Creed and could be quite interesting.
1: That'd be really good, actually. I really enjoyed The Lost Legacy when they went into that uh, heritage of Chloe Fraser. Um, mm. So I think that would be really interesting to have that developed even further in a bigger game.
0: Mm. Good shout. I would love to see an Aztec one, and I, I wonder if that's maybe one that they've held back on in the past, because I think it would attract some people, for sure, and oh, I'd love to play it, but could you get 150 hour game and two expansions out of it, which has sort of been the the high bar that the past AC games have had to reach to sort of get greenlit. Could you do that? Maybe, maybe not. And so as sort of a, a 30 hour game. you know, I'd love to play that. And that's what I really hope from Infinity actually, is that not only do we just get a more cohesive and uh, inviting way to access some of these games, but um, it really sort of makes the games themselves more cohesive and inviting by uh, saying, you know, we're going to give you a story with an end, which is not too much to ask. Right. But in the way that games are now, it, they're being made to live forever. And I think Infinity is a way that AC can continue as a brand for a long time, but um, be still be more experimental and and, um, and and individual with all of the projects that go into it. Ubisoft um, have said in the past that they want to experiment with free-to-play with all of their main franchises. And we've seen that You know, it, during the uh, Ubisoft Forward, they talked about uh, the Division Heartland, which is their free-to-play PvPVE um, take on that. And um, a lot of people, when they said that, you know, we want to do free-to-play with all our main franchises, people thought, oh, no, what are you going to do with Assassins? Are you going to have to start paying... Uh, for, you know, poison darts, you know, how are you going to make a big Assassin's Creed game free to play? And I think Infinity is the answer to that in that some bits of it will still be the main box releases that come along every two years or so. But in the meantime, there's this stuff that brings brings people in um, and people are able to sort of access without it being these never-ending games which are good like i'm still playing valhalla now and i've still got so much stuff to do but God, I mean, it's just it never ending. <laughs> i would i would love to uh for, you know for it for me to sort of hit a very final point and for them to be like okay we're going to aztecs for 10 hours now and uh you know, great okay i'll give that a go um how right, many hours you how lot. Lot are you
3: so How many we'll hours, into How many <laughs> hours <into> Valhalla? 250. <gasps> wow. That's a that's good a chunk
0: lot.
1: of your life, my friend.
0: That's the main game, which was about 150 hours. Um, the island expansion, the Paris expansion, the free Isle of Sky expansion with the crossover stories with Cassandra. Um it's the River Raids game mode, it's the combat play mode, it's most recently I've tried the roguelike game mode. Um and all of these have to live on top of Valhalla. So if you don't buy the base game, you don't get any of this stuff. And also, you know, I'm I'm an Assassin's Creed note, I'm still playing the game almost two years after it came out. And even though Valhalla sold millions and millions of copies. It's like an inverted pyramid. Like you get all of these people who play a base game when it comes out, and you get some people that buy the first expansion, some people that buy the second expansion, and now we're sort of a year and a half, two years in. Like who I've heard nothing about that roguelike mode that has been made, and we're sort of down to this sliver. And I think that's another reason why Infinity is important because you know you're stacking all of these things on top of a a great game, but you've got to keep people interested and and the roguelike mode in my mind i've not played it that much but it's not very good uh i'm not having a great time with that i probably won't play it much more uh sort of stuck with it for a couple of hours just out of curiosity really but um i wonder if you know if this was going to be a bigger thing use those resources and do something a bit different like don't you know try and stretch more out of Valhalla two years in go do some Aztecs or you know make a, make a bit of playable modern day uh and get people sort of interested in that and put it on the desktop in the launcher and you're not like to find this roguelike mode, you have to go to your um go to somewhere in your settlement and like find them and start talking to them and it's just and there's already, you know, dozens and dozens of things I've still got to do in Valhalla before I even start thinking about this new mode that's added. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for Infinity whenever it arrives and uh, all of the things that it can it can bring. Which is that we don't know when Codename Red, the Shinobi Feudal Japan game, will arrive. That will herald the start of Infinity. One of the questions I asked collectors was, could we see this launch sooner, you know, as a way to sort of get people excited for that? And he said, no, 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 it will launch with Codename Red. If Mirage is next year, and it's a very vague 2023 date. We could be looking at late 2024 for uh, Codename Red. Um, I was also a bit disappointed we didn't see any gameplay for Mirage too. Um, we just got that CGI trailer, so... Yeah, it's interesting. Um, when I spoke to the art director for Mirage, because um, there's been a lot of talk recently about crowd size, he said that they were still tuning that. And I wonder if they're not showing anything of Mirage at the moment is because they are still working on like crowd density and you know gameplay elements, and they don't want to show anything that they later sort of have to um, tweak and get accused of downgrading. So. But still, I, I thought we might get gameplay and we didn't, which was a bit of a shame. Agreed. Um, I should mention very briefly, uh, you can go read all this stuff on Eurogamer right now. There's um, half a dozen articles that went live over the weekend on all of these projects, uh, including the multiplayer projects. Um, there's more detail on that if you want to go find that out. There's also my interview with uh, Eve Gimo, where we had him speak about um, the company issues that have been uh, bubbling over really for two years now to do with workplace harassment. Um, he also gave a very brief, sort of one line update on NFTs, which is that they're not dropping it, but um, it doesn't sound like anything's particularly imminent. Um, and he also talked about the company's independence, which was very well timed right after this Tencent thing um i don't know if you guys uh saw any of the stuff that he was talking about i would say there was no real big surprises there
3: i mean interesting that they're sort of dying down a little bit on the nft thing because that was such a huge thing at the start of the year and obviously had quite a big backlash so yeah i guess they sort of want to keep the door open but they're clearly not pushing that as much as maybe they thought they might be so yeah
1: is man. Quartz still a thing? It is
3: still a
0: thing. Well, I asked specifically about Quartz. You know, I name checked it and Yves Guillermo replied to me and he's, he gave an answer which is quite general. Um, I won't read it out. You can go find it. It's on Eurogamer. But it was just generally like Eurogame, uh, Ubisoft as a company is uh, generally still interested in new technologies such as Web3 and, um, and associated things as to that specific Quartz project, which became quite a toxic brand um, internally and and Ubisoft's fans, I think, you know, there wasn't, I can't, I can't remember seeing anyone who liked it. Uh, He didn't give any update at all, which I thought was telling in itself.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. A lot being said and what they didn't say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was the same with the workplace stuff. Um, the way that Yves Guillermo described it uh, when we were over in, in Paris was that the company had stumbled, but that they had, they were progressing. Um, and, you know, I've spoken to quite a few people at Ubisoft since the impression they've given me is that the company is serious about this stuff. Um, we also heard last week from people within the company who say that there are still people there that they want out and they want Microsoft to do more. So it remains, I would just say, a, a very um, complicated picture and one that, even after sort of laying out this roadmap of new projects and um, and yeah, you know, like talking to press for the first time in in the several years in a way that they haven't done for a while, it, it's it is still it is still prevalent and still around. I don't think that those questions have been. Completely answered.
3: Yeah, there was the uh, better Ubisoft who were interviewed by the AC Sisterhood movement um, about the sort of current state of the company a year after their campaign launched, and how a lot of their demands still haven't really been met, um, and they're still. It still feels like Ubisoft is quite a troubled company. So, obviously, the front end you've got Assassin's Creed and all these you know flashy new games coming, but behind the scenes. It's, you know, it still feels like it's quite troubled as a company, and there are a lot of changes that need to be made.
0: Yeah. Well, we will uh, keep reporting on all of that, keep reporting on um, more details of Infinity as it comes out. We're still somewhere away. But thank you uh, if you've got this far listening to us, it's much appreciated. Thank you, Ed, Victoria, Liv, for putting up with me excitedly talking about AC nonstop for the past a long. Um, we'll catch you again next time with uh, whatever is bubbling over in the industry. It's, it's an interesting week. We've got Tokyo Game Show. We've got a potential Nintendo Direct coming up, so um, you may hear more from us soon. Until then, Ed, where can people find you on Twitter?
3: You can find me at Ed underscore
0: And Victoria?
2: I'm Lil' Chop Shop Gal.
0: And live.
2: I am at just Cast Holy.
0: And I'm at Tom Phillips CG. Thanks again everyone. We'll see you next time.